Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I've bought for my uncle already. I know we're in March, but I've bought him for Christmas a Bielsa bucket because he hosts Christmas and there's never enough chairs. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I think it's Bielsa's the only guy I could pull that off because it's quite Godfather-like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of like, this yeah. is my spot and I make of it what I want. It's like Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah wait, if anybody else did that, it yeah. would spell breakdown. Exactly. Imagine... Alan Pardew doing that or Roy Hodgson. <laughs> it just wouldn't work. Any of the others, like, yeah, if Sean Dyche pulled out a, a, a bucket, you'd be like, oh, he's fallen <laughs> on our times, hasn't he? Has his pay not come through yet? That's the someone, best example. Someone, someone get him a chair. Come on. <laughs> Sean Dyche. Just doing... him, just be, that, that would have big divorced dad energy. Football. At the end of the day, football, it's a funny old game. Comedians talking about football. Comedians talking about football. Comedians talking about football. Welcome to episode 15 of Comedians Talking About Football. We're about to talk all things Leeds, Leeds, Leeds with our brilliant guest, Maisie Adam. Before then, I just quickly want to encourage you to subscribe if you haven't yet done so and to let you know about our YouTube channel. We've just got over a thousand subscribers on there, so if you search comedians talking about football into YouTube, we should come up. Um, We've got loads of extra bits on there that you might enjoy, including video clips from this very episode and our recently posted special where four comedians attempt to dissect the recent European Super League fiasco. Oh, what a mad 48 hours that was. Uh, it's the way the owners expected no reaction whatsoever. But no, what did they get? Players and managers revolting, an angry Gary Neville rant, and fans protesting as they faced the prospect of their team possibly never again challenging for the Premier League title. Or as it's otherwise known, a typical Saturday being a Manchester United fan. 
Anyway, and my guest for this episode, you've no doubt seen recently on programmes such as Mock the Week, Have I Got News For You, and Would I Lie To You. She's one of my favourite comedians out there at the moment, and we have a really good chat about comedy coming up, which includes some excellent advice for any up-and-coming comics. Born in Pennell, North Yorkshire, she's a lifelong fan of Leeds United, so it was great to get her on the podcast as Leeds come to the end of their first season in the top flight of English football for 16 years. This is Maisie Adam talking about Leeds United. Maisie Adam, thank you for joining us. Comedians talking about football. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to be here. We're going to talk about Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. At long last, back <laughs> where we belong, baby. Well, well, we'll talk about the infamous season where you were promoted at long last after all those years away from the top flight. Let's talk a little bit about this season because this sounds this sounds horrible. But I quite enjoy watching Leeds at the moment because you never know what you're going to get. Like, we don't do it by halves, do we? No. Like I'm looking at the results now. I thought I'd get them up. And yeah. um, they're ridiculous. So yeah. for one minute, you're, you're beating uh, West Brom 5-0. You're beating Newcastle 5-2. And then you'll lose to, like, Crystal Palace 4-1. I know. It's the weirdest... We literally... We, like, I, I think you hear it when you hear the pundits say, like, as a neutral, Leeds are one of the most exciting to watch. And you, you, you can 100% see why. Because we... If we win, we win well, and if we lose, we we lose well. We know how to lose. That's one thing we've we've acquired as a good skill. Yeah, uh, I, I'd say over the years <laughs> is we um we put on a show even if that means we're putting on a show in how to lose. Like we'll we'll go full full whack either way. It's never a dull match. There's nothing, and I don't think there's anything worse than them than ones that just drag on forever, ever, and ever, and ever, and it's a draw, and it's just. What you know? What was that? Mm. It's not entertaining. Well, you've only had two nil-nil results this year, and they yeah. are, to be fair, against Arsenal or Chelsea. Yeah. So it's not like a disappointing game where you're going to end up last on match of the day. But exactly. but yeah, how do you think Bielsa's um, settling into the Premier League? It's amazing to have a manager like him now playing in, in English football, let alone in the top yeah. flight. Yeah, I mean, I I adore the man. I absolutely adore the man. I love. I I love how weird he is, and I think he's exactly what we need. I uh, I don't understand how he squats for that long. I am probably a quarter, well, a third of his age. I couldn't do that. He's um, I I think he's magical. I and I and I know I know I sound like every single Leeds fan who absolutely licks his ass, but I do. <laughs> I think he's I think he's incredible, and I think. I think this was always going to happen with him in charge was 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 for us to be back in the Premier League and I think that's where he's he's not perfect he makes some proper rash decisions um but I think I think he is at his best managing us in the top flight yeah cool do you know who I quite like as well I quite like his interpreter Yes, I've come to like yes. he's become a bit of a fan favorite himself, hasn't he? It's such um, it's such a strange dynamic, isn't it? After the uh, in the post match interview, I love that he doesn't even look up, Bielsa. He just mm. stares at the floor, stares at the floor. The uh, the young lad, the interpreter, looks absolutely terrified for his life the whole time. Uh, you 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 want the camera to pan down to see if there's any any funny business going on, any sort of like he's standing on his toes telling him what to say. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I love it. It's got a bit of a Godfather vibe, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It has. It's like it's like match the day are not worthy to speak yeah. to Bielsa. You have to speak yeah. for an interpreter. Also, um, like there's all this that they've now started, like a lot of um, a lot of a lot of the 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 journalists reckon Bielsa can speak the language very very well <laughs> like you can sometimes hear especially now now that we can't hear the crowd noise on some of the games you can hear Bielsa shouting very detailed English instructions <laughs> at the players and then he'll come to do the post-match interview and he's like mm, no 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 I'm gonna need an interpreter for this no. <laughs> what I love as well is you're talking about the little things he does um especially like pitch side he does the squatting thing I like the whole thing of bringing a chair out Wow. and sitting on it with it like folded arms and i've noticed i've been doing a bit of work recently with uh non-league teams down in down in the south of england and in non-league so it's conference league south um i've noticed some managers doing that it's the funniest thing and these are like guys in their kind of their early 30s and it was who was the team I can probably name the t- Chippenham. They're bringing out their own little like Bielsa yep. buckets. Yeah, Chippenham Town FC. He bought out what I think was like a cooler and he popped it down. It was like one of the first games of the season for them. Unfortunately, that whole non- non-league season's gone now, but yeah. they he propped it down and just sat on it, one leg up, arms folded. We all just sort of sat there going, is he doing what I we think it. we're doing? I love <laughs> This is the inspiration the man has. I've bought for my uncle already. I know we're in March, but I've bought him for Christmas a Bielsa bucket because he hosts Christmas and there's never enough chairs because my family is absolutely massive. And it always ends up with like some of us sat on the carpet, like passing passing drinks down the line. Like and basically you have to be a pensioner to sit. That that's how it works. <laughs> so I've bought him a Bielsa bucket for the chair option. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I think it's Bielsa's the only guy who could pull that off because it's quite Godfather like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of like this yeah. is my spot and I make of it what I want. It's like yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah if anybody else did that, it yeah. would spell breakdown. Yeah, but imagine with him, with him. It's mind games. Exactly. Imagine Alan Pardew doing that or Roy Hodgson. <laughs> it just wouldn't work. Any of the others, like yeah, if Sean Dyche pulled out a a, a bucket, you'd be like, oh, he's fallen <laughs> on our times, hasn't he? Has his pay not come through yet? That's the someone, best example. Someone, someone get him a chair. Come on. <laughs> Sean Dyche. Doing... That, that would have big divorced dad energy. Yeah. Whereas Bielsa, you're like, I respect that. I respect that. That is exactly that. He's, he's divorced dad who's got a little bit tired at the barbecue. Sort yes. of look for Sean Dyche. Yes. So it's great they're back in the top flight. And mm-hmm. um, and it's been a real struggle to get back there, should we say, after yeah. the last few years. And it must be frustrating being a Leeds fan because, you know, they are... I think technically speaking, especially fan-wise, they're the biggest team in, in the country because there is no Leeds City. There was once, obviously, but there's yeah. no like Leeds City, Leeds whatever, it no, Leeds Athletic. One team town, yeah. Yeah, one, one team town, one team city. And it's like they've got such a huge base. And for all those seasons to kind of finish 12th, 13th, 14th, it's not even like you got to enjoy a relegation battle. No. It's this kind of <laughs> mid-table just floating floating mm. for for it, that's what it felt like you know this will sound so dramatic you can tell i've got a drama degree but you know that you know that place that people say you go to if you're not bad enough to go to hell but you've not got into heaven <laughs> purgatory you know, yeah when you're just sort of floating and it's just this state of non-existence mm. nothingness 
that's what it felt like. That's what that's what the championship years felt like. It's just very just monotonous. Monotonous and 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 knowing we had it we we deserved but not always deserved but as in in the long run deserved mm. better um and and should never have been down that far. It it just felt it felt really lost, genuine. I'm, like not to sound all emotional, but it, it felt very lost as a as a club because, as you mm. say, a huge fan base, and that's that as well is one of the things that like it's it so leads that a, a team that has got such a ferocious fan base, such a distinctive atmosphere. When you talk about what other clubs say about coming to Welland Road, and the year they get back up into the top flight is the year. It's literally illegal for the fans to come and watch. <laughs> yeah. It's heartbreaking. Do you, do you think that's had an effect on the season? Because Ellen Road is such, it's, I mean, it's just got such an atmosphere there. I mean, if you are in like, yeah. what is it? Is it the, the, the North Stand? I might have that wrong, but where literally you can suck in a goal with that much mm-hmm. noise and that much atmosphere. And do you mm-hmm. think that had they been there for the first season back, Leeds would be possibly higher in the table? It's so it's so difficult to say. I feel like with any other team, you'd be able to go, yeah, absolutely. But Leeds are so so um so fiery and so, and, and and we've not done like it's very easy to get frustrated with Leeds when we when when we lose the ones we do. But if you'd have told us that we'd be, I, I think we're eleventh at the moment, like at this point, and we're and, and it's our first season back. We've done incredible and we've made like really obvious stupid mistakes as well but I think I think by and large I'm not I think it would make a difference don't get me wrong Mm. in terms of how it feels like and 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 how the matches are played I don't maybe the maybe the scores wouldn't have been as dramatic as they've been I don't know if you'd be getting the five ones the four nil wins that kind Mm. of thing but um but I I don't for the first first season back, I don't think we'd be any higher than we are with the okay. fans. I don't I don't know if that's that's pessimistic to say, but it's 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 a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one because I think, as you say, like look at look at how much we floated around in the championship, and we had yeah. the fans then, and yeah. we were just floating <laughs> in nothingness. So maybe 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 it's not gone for them course not but maybe it's allowed them to focus on mm. like get the head out of all of the, the the politics that's ensuing around them well that's that's interesting you're the first person who's come on to give that other side of the argument other than we had a, we had a special episode with um with charlie austin came on right yeah um striker and i asked him uh how he felt about because it was just before football came back uh, in yeah. lockdown and i asked him how he felt about you know, playing without fans. And I expected him to give the kind of the the media train response of, you know, oh, we are nothing without the fans. We appreciate the fans. It won't feel right. And he just went, yeah, sod it. I, I, I'm yeah. probably going to prefer yeah. it. He says, I, I've had, and Charlie Austin, obviously quite an outspoken guy saying, yeah. to be honest, when I'm, when we're like one nil down after 10 minutes, you've got the fans on your back for the remaining 80. That doesn't help. I'd rather play with no fans in that situation. I know, I know. And I think, especially with the players that Bielsa is very clearly trying to to bring up to, to, to you know, the younger ones of, of the, you know, to Tyler Roberts, this sort of player. Mm. You only have to go on Twitter to see how much the fans give him stick oh, if he messes yeah. up. So, I mean, I'm very aware that, 
a lot of people could watch this and go, oh, she's, she's so emotional about it. Like it's a very, so um, you're always aware as well as a woman on a football podcast as well of giving that side of things of being like, think of Tyler Roberts's feelings. <laughs> but, but I do think there's an argument for, uh, Allowing those players to yeah. find, I mean, blooming Melia, what is he, 20, 21? Mm. Like, they're, they're learning, and it's not like Bielsa, when they when they cock up, is going, never mind, guys, we go again. Yeah. He's giving them a bollocking. <laughs> yeah. He's giving them an absolute bollocking. They get to, you know, look at, I mean, I think Robin Cock was incredibly inconsistent at the start of the season. I think mm. I think it was reflected with how little he's played since then. I don't think they're getting an easy ride. I think they're being put to the test, all of all of the Leeds players. But I do think there's probably a different process they go through um, without the fans there breathing down their necks. Mm. Because as much as we lift them up and support them, we also apply the heat and we're very, very passionate as are any football yeah. fans. But but Leeds especially, it means so much more because of where we've been for the for, for, for over a decade. Mm. And and it means so much to be back that I think it's probably maybe even a blessing in disguise to have our first season back. Okay. And it just have the players with their heads in in in, in the stadium with just the you know, just the coaching staff around yeah. to, to it, it is interesting. I mean, it makes you think as well. There are certain clubs, certainly the club I support, Reading. We've got a player called Michael Elise, who's 19 years old. Yeah. And he's arguably the best player in the championship this season. And he's only actually played about eight or nine games in front of a yeah. crowd. He's gone this yeah. whole season without players. And maybe that it's taken the pressure off him, off of him, to mm. perform to this next level. Mm. And there must be other yeah. players. You think players who are sort of coming through at the moment. You see a new player come through, and you think, have they ever actually played in front of a of a crowd exactly. at, at this level? So it's it is going to be interesting when fans come back in, and if it's going to affect the league in any way. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. And I think, especially with 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 Leeds, I feel like we've got a lot of our established players. If you think of Cooper and Ailing, they've 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 done all that. They're 29 now, you know. But mm-hmm. I think for these for the younger ones that Bielsa is trying to 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 bring up from the younger squads, I think I think it's gonna only help them to get their first taste of the Premier League without the the fa- without the fans giving them flack. Yeah. For making pretty elementary mistakes. <laughs> but I think but, but the, by the time the, the fans are back, it can be hopefully at the, a point where they've they've got the first few jitters out of them and 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 the fans only only help elevate the the support that they yeah. No, 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 absolutely. And um how about you because I know nowadays you yourself live down south. Um yeah. but then did you used to get to Leeds quite a lot when you were up there? A fair bit, a fair bit. I, it's difficult. I was down at uni for most, like, uh, most of the time, and 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 then I'd I'd come back. I, I actually only lived up in Yorkshire for like the year after graduating, and then moved down here. Mm. So most of my Ellen Road memories are from when I was at high school and was oh, right. being taken by 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 family members then. Um, Whereas I, I I didn't really get much time as a young adult really to go, which is why I can't blooming wait 
yeah. um, until the fans are back now because the Amex is like two stops on the train. From oh, cool. Back. Like there's a, you might even be able to hear the train going past every now and then, but I'm right by a train track. It's two, two stops. We're laughing. And the mm. Amex is, I think it's a great stadium. Um, and I, I do quite enjoy watching Brighton play, actually. I think um, it's one of the few things that makes you feel more calm about being a Leeds <laughs> fan. Like being a Leeds fan can be testing, can be tough at times. But me and my boyfriend, we we both watch the Brighton games and go, I couldn't, I couldn't. I just can't. It's so infuriating because they're, they're good enough to be in the Premier League. Mm. They just can't execute shit. They just... <laughs> It's so infuriating for them. I really feel for them. So, especially when we get Leeds and Brighton games playing just mm. down the road, I can't. I can't wait for that. Let's go back then to the season before this happened, because that was Bielsa's first season, and it felt yeah. like uh, that was really gonna that was really gonna take off for Leeds that year. I don't remember yeah. the the amount of attention around Bielsa when that happened. Well, there's kind of two people, wasn't it? It was. It was. That season, it was all about Bielsa at Leeds and Frank Lampard at Derby. And mm-hmm. it was kind of, you know, meant to be that they would meet at some point in the fight for promotion. And there was obviously that infamous playoff semi-final, which was just unbelievable. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. as, as again, and I, I, I hate hearing this as a fan who's gone through something like this, but as a neutral, it was incredible to to yeah. see what happened yeah. that night um what were your memories of it in particular the second game because you had done the first game the first leg and it all seemed to be going well for Leeds and then you go to the second leg and what happened happened what was your memory of watching that game if I yeah if I remember this correctly I was watching this at my mate's house who is a Bristol City fan right uh, and so I was feeling quite smug i'll be honest i was like here we go we've got this we're like see see you in another life pal um and uh it was i mean it goes back to what we were saying at the start doesn't it it's never nothing is ever a given with leads it's mm. never ever a given we are that team where you could be like three nil up in the 90th minute and you still wouldn't probably sit back in your seat <laughs> Until the the rest blown his whistle, it was it it was it was horrible. It it was absolutely horrible, um, and felt it felt um, it's, it's so difficult to like to say it without getting too like emotionally biased with it. But it did feel the word I'm thinking is unfair. It felt yeah. unfair, and I don't mean through anything specific within the match just the whole it felt ultimate leads that situation you know I hate those things because it's like you you're so on you're not in control of it you can't do anything and it's horrible because I mean I've been there myself I mean as a Reading fan we've lost three playoff finals and I've been to two of them at Wembley and it's it's horrible and we lost on a penalty shootout and there's nothing worse because there's the, the I've never been it's the only time I've been present in a stadium for any kind of shootout and it was for that and it was huge there's there's the weirdest thing when you're on one half of the stadium of Wembley just like 50,000 of you 50,000 of them and then when their player put it away and they won it there's nothing weirder than you being stood with 50,000 people in complete silence while seeing 50,000 people roar you can actually feel them like 
roaring it's at horrible. you. Horrible. Yeah, it's yeah. so bad. That was Huddersfield as well. So your rival. Yeah, so it was. It, it is. It is unfair, and I just can't imagine how that must have felt. Because it was. The thing is, that game that I'm giving you an example of now, the play. I think it was playoff final 2017. It was nil nil, so it was always yeah. going to be kind of fifty fifty. But yeah. with you guys, that first leg, I think you won it two nil, didn't you? In the bag. It was in the bag. And then you scored first as well in the second leg. I think. Yeah. yeah so. I think so. I mean, it's uh, what you're saying then about being three 0 up and still not. I mean, that's a whole game won, and then you're at home. Like I, I didn't understand how all it crumbled. The signs, all the signs suggest you're going to sail right through here, mm. and that's what I mean. It, it with Leeds, you kind of learn to uh, not be ever led into a false sense of security because nothing is ever. And I, I, I do feel like that's something that you notice now we're in the Premier League as well. There are those certain clubs that feel like, well, it could get bad, but it won't get too bad. You know, I'm, if you're talking like, I get, I guess at the moment, well, well, certainly at the start of the season, Arsenal were having it with their defence, just being like, oh, it's horrendous, it's awful, you know, and, and everything they went through, I guess, with, 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 with Wenger leaving, you're like, oh, it gets bad. But it doesn't get doesn't get bad bad, you know. It doesn't get doesn't feel doesn't feel like you've been cheated out of something. Doesn't feel unfair. And I I don't think I'm saying that just as a fan of Leeds. Yeah. I think I'm saying that as a feeling that is specific to a to a club that seems to just have the record that that Leeds does. That they. It's just it's just that thing of of of. I feel like with other clubs it can go bad, but you know you know there's a degree to how all right you're going to be. Yeah, and it's it's a funny thing with Leeds as well, because to me, like, I'm 32, so I remember clearly Leeds in the Premiership in the 90s and the early 2000s, yeah. you know, getting to, you know, Champions League quarterfinals and all that stuff. So, um, so to me, it was always like, oh, they've not been gone that long. Yeah. Like, I don't see what the fuss is about. But then you sort of think, God, actually, it's been this many years. You know yeah. that's that's quite crazy. And what what shocks me now is you see like in the in the um, so for example the, that that semi final match you see the young Leeds fans and I'm suddenly looking at them thinking, but if they're like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, they don't even remember being no, in the Premier League. No. Do you have do you have there's, clear memories? There's of fans. It? There's fans like who who haven't been to their first proper Leeds game yet. Yeah, and. Uh, as as long and the games they have been as in the whole time that they have grown up being a Leeds fan it's not been a premiership team mm. it's that this is so alien for them whereas whereas for the majority it's a return to where we should be mm. for a whole generation of fans it's oh my god I can't believe we've got to the top flight yeah. because when they started Leeds were in dire straits um yeah. Exactly. I mean, they missed out on a whole kind of generation of footballers. If you think like the era of Cristiano Ronaldo, Rooney, Giggs, and all these various players, you know, Lampard, Gerrard, they missed out on all of that, which is just, for me, obviously there have been cup meetings and all that, but there has been this whole kind of lost generation of of where, and and the idea of Leeds not being up there for that long is now when you look at their full history, is, is unimaginable, really. Do you think you're going to be safe now? Do you think that Premier League is where you're yeah. going to stay? Yes, I do. I do. I think I think we're in um, good hands. Sorry, there's drilling going on at the... Um, can you hear that? I'm no, sorry. I can't hear it. It's fine. Okay, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> um, 
it's uh yes, I do think we'll stay where we are. I think for the first time in a long, long time, we're in good hands, not just from a like manager's perspective, but as a club. I think there's a lot of faith that's been restored in um I can never say his name, Rad Radrizani. <laughs> uh I think I think for for a long time that faith had gone in the club as a as a business. You know, there, there was a lot of emotional attachment from the fans still, but there was a lot of betrayal that had gone on financial wise. And and you forget that that is that is half of what what makes the club. You know, it, it is a business at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think for the first time in a long time, the people who are pulling the strings at Leeds are people who care about the club. Yeah, no, I think that that's great. I mean, did you see the um, the documentary "Take Us Home"? Yeah. That that yeah. that really kind of oh, made me. Yeah, <laughs> it made it made me kind of. I mean, I think I could watch any of those shoes. I mean, I've never liked Sunderland in my life. No. I've not been Leeds' <laughs> biggest fan. But watching any documentary about them, you're going, oh, God, there's so much that goes on, you know, yeah. in, in these. And, yeah. and especially like the, uh, what was the episode that really got me? It was when you were trying to sign a player on deadline day. Oh, was it Ben White? It might have been. Was it, yeah. was it, or was it the guy who ended up, was it James? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That's it, and and, and, it, it, and it all got, it went down to the last. Like he's last having his picture taken minute. with the shirt, with the shirt and everything. He's he's going for his medical and yeah, and it all yeah. falls There's through. So much, and he's crying. The guy trying to yeah. put the deal through is literally crying. Grown man, it's yeah. like my god, yeah. that's the, the the difference that it makes. Um, so so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to hit you with actually you'll see where I've ripped this off from because I know you were recently on uh, Richard Herring's podcast. Oh yeah, and he yeah. does emergency questions. Yes, and what I do, I do emergency facts. Okay, uh, I hit you with the facts. See if you've heard of it before. Um, I so love this. this. <laughs> I love this because I I need facts. I need I need some good facts. I've had like the same the same few facts for a while, so I'm I'm ready for this. I'm going to rip off your facts. All right. Well, I'm, they might be ones you've heard of already. So I, we'll, right. we'll see if you've heard of them before. Um, I think this is, these are two quite obvious ones. I'll start with them. So uh, Leeds went from playing in gold and blue to white because manager Don Revy wanted them to be the Real Madrid of Yorkshire. <laughs> I mean, I just love that that's a sentence. The Real Madrid <laughs> of Yorkshire. That's what's in his words. He went, you know... I want them to play in white now. They're going to be... I, I love it. It's very much... Um, it's the kind of thing you try and say to, like, your French exchange when they're visiting. Like, oh, <laughs> I'll take you to a Leeds game. We're like the Real Madrid of <laughs> Yorkshire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that very much that would have worked in the 60s. But if you're trying to pull that off in 2012, yeah. not quite yeah. going to work. Yeah. Um, so here's, here's another interesting one. Before there was Leeds United, there was Leeds City. The club was formed in 1904 and played at Ellen Road, managed by pre-war legend Herbert Chapman at one stage. During the First World War, however, the club came under fire for illegal payments to footballers and they were expelled from the Football League with the new (gasps) United side forming in the Midland League. I did not know that. (laughs) I knew knew about Leeds City, but I did not know this. Mm. Wow. Controversial. Yeah. Controversial. Yeah. Um, we'll have we'll have more of them to come. More of them. To come. I'm glad so far, so good. I feel like that sets a precedent though, doesn't it? Like we knew we should have known from then we were gonna be a 
a controversial, spicy club. <laughs> I want to talk quickly about um, uh, Calvin Phillips, obviously first England cap player for quite a long while. Um, Do you think he's going to be in the Euro 2020 slash 2021 squad? I think he should be. I think he should be. Um, I think he's an amazing player. Um, And it's, it's obviously always lovely when you've got a Leeds lad who again it comes back to that you see the club as a obviously as a business commodity but also as a as something that people put their entire heart and being into mm. and I think I think Calvin Phillips is 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 one of those players. Um I think he's I think he's more than equipped to to represent on an international level. And I think his place in in Leeds shows that you 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 see how he is with with the younger players as well. Bearing in mind he's not exactly you know Pablo Hernandez veteran or anything. <laughs> he's he's uh, he's got the maturity. I think he he's got he's he's got captain uh, in him. I think yeah. he's, he's he's a real he's a real asset to the team, and I, I, I mean that. And I think. I think Leeds, as a club and as a city, adore him. Adore him, mm. and I think he sh- I think it would be a real shame if he was overlooked for the Euros as well. Speaking of overlooked, what's Bamford got to do to get an England call up? Don't, don't. I mean, I was surprised. It's difficult, isn't it? Every every person who uh, every 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 team has supporters who thinks that their striker mm. should be. And it's that's the position that there's just too many really good uh, strikers for the England squad. I thought it would be Bamford. I thought Bamford would would at least be in with more of a, a shot that he was at. I, I know that Gareth Southgate was at a lot of the games where Bamford Bamford scored uh, uh, fairly recently. The um, there was the Fulham one. Uh, what was the one before? Who did we play before Fulham? Uh, the Fulham game, I think you had Chelsea in nil-nil, but you, then there was the Southampton game where he scored. Southampton, Southampton. He, of course, scored that beauty against Palace, which must have been sweet yeah. for him. I think, I think it's a real shame, and I think it's it's tough because every every player, every team has got something to offer for an international squad I think but I do think Bamford um, a bit like what we were just saying about Phillips I think he's got that maturity mm. and I think he's got that he's got a good head on his shoulders I think he's got a good way of looking at things he's not an emotional player as in yeah. uh, uh, I don't think you'd have to worry about him getting feisty I don't think which which I which I don't think you've got in Ollie Watkins frankly I think he's uh it's it's one of them in it where you start to notice that if 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 you're attracting drama and you're the common denominator. Yeah. Uh, and I I'm not saying that as again Villa fans will say oh well, you would say that. I <laughs> I say that about Diego Llorente for us. Mm. It, it it's not a coincidence 
that drama follows Diego Llorente because he's <laughs> he's spicy. He's yeah. really, really spicy. He's like a little Jack Russell. He can't let it go. He can't <laughs> let it go. And you see it differently in players like Phillips and Bamford who walk away um, mm-hmm. and 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 keep keep their head above it. Um, so I th- I think Bamford was. Um, yeah, he was overlooked. Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, he was, it shocked me similarly, like you were saying, over Ollie Watkins. Because don't be wrong, Ollie Watkins had that great start for Aston Villa, which is like the dream debut. Sure. He's been a little bit quiet since. And yeah. Bamford, to me, I mean, I just got the um, the results up. He is scoring consistently. I mean, 14, uh, 14 goals yeah. in one season, in your debut yeah. season in the Premiership. It's unbelievable. Yeah, what get looked yeah. at once? I think is so unfortunate. And I I'm, think, I'm, you know, I, I think we all knew Dominic Calvert Lewin and, mm. and, and quite rightly in his uh, yeah. in his place. But I think there's so many we've got, uh, and I know Vardy's only recently been 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 back on Vardy form. But I thought James Madison was was in with a shot as yeah. well. I think he, when we're talking about making, you know, David starting the season, James Madison is. Um, Incredible, incredible, and and really lifting the worries of people who see Le- who see Leicester as a a, a one a one player dependent mm-hmm. team. So it's I think there was a lot of people who it could have been, but I do think Bamford, as you say, that the the the, the numbers under Bamford are phenomenal. His 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 goals per game, it, it's. It's it does feel again. I'm going to use the U word again. Unfair uh, for Bamford to be overlooked. But yeah, how do you think we're going to? Twenty seven years old. I mean, that's the thing. He's in his prime. Yeah, that's rough because if he if he's you know he's are we really sat here going oh but when he's thirty one he'll be great for the World Cup. Mm. Um. So that's. I always think you've got to be careful with players like that because he is he is able to play for Ireland. And eventually oh. it'll come to a point. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know the guy, but I'm, with a lot of players, I mean, look at like Wilfred Zahar, a yeah. player who really should have earned his place under Roy Hodgson, didn't get it, yeah. and now, you know, plays for uh, plays for Ivory Coast. Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, there are, there are other options out there for international football. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised then if he if he if he went down that path. I didn't know that. But how how uh, do you think we're going to get on in Euro twenty or twenty one? It's difficult, isn't it? Because I think you've always got that problem anyway of getting a, a sense of cohesive play from essentially the best players from a selection of teams who all have such a specific style of play. Mm. Um, and maybe that's actually why Leeds haven't offered up more than just one player because we've got such a specific... This Bielsa ball is a very specific game we're playing and it's a lot, I imagine, to unlearn. Um, but I don't know what goes on in the coaching rooms of of, of, of other you know, teams. Yeah. And, and, and But there's always... the the issue of getting some sort of cohesive play from a pick and mix, essentially. Mm. However, you then factor in the disruptions that this season has had. Like it's been, it's been a big enough ask 
getting these players back to the the form that they play for for their club uh and 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 settling into that style of play um to then break and 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 play possibly with a different style uh it's a it's a big ask i do think the team that they've got is good mm. um i i would have swapped out a few but i i don't i don't ever think i don't ever look at england and go we've got it in the bag <laughs> it's um and maybe that's the leeds mentality creeping in again but um i think it's going to take a lot and it's a, it's going to be a long work in progress to get a team that reflects like those golden years that you were talking about earlier of Rooney and Giggs and uh, Lampard and Terry. That England team, Ferdinand, that England team felt, that was the last time I remember feeling England's blooming got this. And then the interesting thing about that is I think that they're always labelled the golden generation. Yeah. They didn't achieve anything. And it was like they 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 seem to have issues up here when it came to yeah. it. They had all the talent, but there was yeah. so much rivalry between yeah. the clubs at the time. You used to have like what they That's called them true. the top four. True. So do you think and it seemed that with it and this time, ironically with with twenty eighteen, we didn't have the skill with all yeah. respect to the to some of the players, you know, we had still yeah. had like actually young. And I players. do think where we've gone wrong in the past with England selections is we've gone with the big names. Mm. We've gone with the staples. And I think that was a huge move of Southgate to leave out Alexander Arnold. Uh and I think it's a it's an perhaps an indication of you're not gonna pass on yeah. your name alone, on your record alone. I'm going off what I'm seeing when I'm coming mm. and watching you get which is why I was surprised Bamford didn't make it in, but he's clearly going off what he's seeing right here, right now, as yeah. opposed to going, oh, Alexander Arnold, he's good. Yeah, he's he's already and and just I think I think nobody's seat was safe. Yeah, is what I'm getting at when no, absolutely a selection, um, and maybe that's what maybe that's what England that and that does feel a, a a departing from 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 previous years. And we got like, he seems to have the mentality side sorted out, which I think was the big issue with that golden generation. Mentally, right. they weren't prepared. I mean, it sounded like, you know, playing under, there was a, there was an interview out recently with Ben Foster. He just seemed to make out that life under um, Capello was miserable. Like he yeah. had them like, like an army camp. It was, it was horrible. Yeah. Whereas Southgate's yeah. made it fun and all that. But the one thing yeah. I feel that Southgate does seem to lack a little bit is the kind of tactic side of things. Right, you know, yeah. he, he's, he's great mentally with the players. Absolutely fantastic. And that's what I think literally took us to that semi-final um, in World Cup 2018. But mm-hmm. skills-wise, you do need someone like Bielsa. You need, yes. like, that's what I think he's lacking from his, his coaching team, is someone uh-huh. to come in and go, Tactical right, play. yeah, let's play Foden here, Madison here, let's have Kane here, and let's play this. We seem to just lack that kind of creativity, really, um, mm-hmm. which concerns me. Um, so... With that in mind, do you think Bielsa has got the the right balance between tactical genius, which he's proved he's got, and a good, a happy, a happy locker room? He's so he's so hard to work out. He's <laughs> so hard to read. Um, and again, in terms of the locker room, I can only go off get how the how the players talk about him, which is just an overwhelming sense of respect and admiration for him 
And then in the Take Us Home documentary, there's a little bit of footage here and there of of and but even then, it's it's the scenes following the promotion. So they're they're all elated. You know, there's not going to be somebody. You're not going to spy Cooper pulling him aside, going, "Bielsa, I would just like to chat about this aspect." I from what from what I can see and from what I can sense from the style of play is that it is a happy locker room. I imagine it's a very intense locker room, um, but I think I think intense can be good if it's done in the right way and not, as you say, what people talk about when we when we hear about Fabio Capello um, in charge of England. I think that sounds mi- miserable. You use the word miserable. Mm. I think I don't think you've got that with with Bielsa. I think if anything, you've got um, extremely passionate. Uh, and and I think I do you know what I think with Bielsa I think you've got the tactics you've got the tactical but I think he's I think it's as much about what Bielsa doesn't say as what he does say right that's and I think you see this in the in the post match interviews and it's not just a language thing but I think he's he's difficult to read but also he makes it abundantly clear when he's not happy and it's not enough hasn't been done and his expectations haven't been met. And I imagine he's quite um, intense in that sense for the players that it feels a lot of pressure to, to impress him Mm. as opposed to um, not getting in trouble from him. I think it's a desire to impress him, a desire to be better. I think when you hear about like, the Take Us Home documentary is really good for this, for talking about his roots um, as, as an Argentinian in, in, in that sphere, because mm. that's intense. That's intense. And, and that it's, it goes back to that Godfather thing we were discussing of <laughs> when somebody comes with a, an air of uh, being the Don, being the, 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 the I guess you, you, you have it. The only, the only similarity I can think of is with, but I, I think it's over, overdone is jose with his the special one yeah there's a there's an air of something about somebody um the difference is jose calls himself the special (laughs) one and it's sort of like a it feels like a pr thing that he's trying to put across whereas i think it's absolutely genuine with bielsa yeah i mean it's quite funny isn't it because i i had um going to that Mourinho. Um, comparison there is that I, I had my head bitten off by the Chelsea fan we had on here because I mentioned the special one. He was like, ah, uh, he never actually said that. He went, he was go back and watch. He says, I am a special one. And it's like, but that's no argument when he's doing that is Patty... such a Chelsea thing. I know. And it's not an argument. He's doing Paddy Power adverts, talking to a dog yeah. saying, I am a special one. Or in yeah. the back of a taxi saying, I'm a special one yeah, to, to promote to, yeah, a gambling don't tell website. Me that that's, not, that's not a name he's keen on. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far with Maisie Adam talking about Leeds United. We're about to talk about her jump into stand-up comedy about six years ago. Now, if you are a newish comic or you're thinking of giving comedy a go, there is some great advice coming up here, very much worth listening to. In fact, it's some advice that I've taken on myself now. Um, So from Leeds United and football to stand-up comedy. Um... I want to talk about stand-up because um, 
my my first gig was about four years ago. And when I tell people it was 10 minutes, my first set was 10 minutes, they they go mad. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Especially in London, in the open mic yeah. scene. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you went straight in with 10 minutes? You had five minutes? Yeah. You went straight 10 minutes? Um, I heard that your first set was an hour long. Yeah. Um, yeah. What? How? What happened? Uh, it was... Uh, so this is back up in, in, in Yorkshire, um, and I'd, I'd graduated from uni and was stuck sort of like working temp jobs, living at home with mum and dad. And, and I, I lived in like quite a rural village um, in, in North Yorkshire and there was no comedy nearby. I wanted to just go and see comedy just to like see what, what it was about um, with an idea of like maybe, you know, and, and I could I could maybe do it one time, but nothing thinking nothing seriously of it. Um, but there was no comedy nights near me like you'd have to go into Leeds but even then Leeds doesn't have a dedicated comedy club you know you're talking going into like bars um near the corn exchange going downstairs uh and there's all these people packed in where the next night it could be a band or whatever so I was just trying to find somewhere where I could give it a go uh, and there was a there was a literature festival happening in a town called Ilkley just outside Leeds and um, I think maybe as part of their funding, they were like, oh, we can get uh, 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 like performers um, from our, from the local area. Mm. That'd be great. Uh, and so um, I applied uh, and said, oh, can I do stand-up comedy, please? They were like, oh, you can do, you know, local people, we want you to be part of this Fringe Festival in Ilkay. Yeah. You could do um, slam poetry, you could do dance, you could do, <laughs> I don't know, like a play or whatever. Yeah. And I said, oh, yeah, can I do stand-up comedy? Typed it in on the little application form, sent it off. And they came back and were like, yep, yeah, you've got a slot. It's Thursday, 8 o'clock, and it's for an hour. But wow. I didn't I didn't think that that was weird. <laughs> like, when you go see a comedian, you know, if Jimmy Carr comes to the City Varieties, he's doing at least yeah. an hour. If you buy the DVD of a, your favourite comedian, it's got a running time of, like, 90 minutes. So I was like, yeah. yeah, all right, great. So I just wrote down what I guess I would talk about, you know, little observations mm. that I'd been writing here and there. Um, memorised it all. My mate, um, uh, uh, Katie, her dad had like a really good camera and I asked him if he'd film it and he he did. And then I just used that footage to like send to promoters like all across the country. They'd be like, oh yeah, um, if I've not seen you before, you need to send me a clip. Most people sending them like a two minute clip. (laughs) I was sending them like an hour uh, thinking I was Billy Big Bollocks, you know. People go, oh, have you got a have you got a type five? Have you got a type five? Like, mate, I've got got an hour. I've got an hour. Uh so yeah, it 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 was quite a organic, I suppose, start. But I think it I think uh I think it went for me, to be honest, because yeah. it meant that I didn't I think it's really easy with stand up to get into your own head about it and to question everything beforehand and go, oh, is this is this good enough? Is this good enough? And I've seen it with a lot of the comics that I've come up through with who have perhaps not got as quick, not got the rise as quick as I think they should have. Mm. And often it's because like, well, you know, you've taken forever to, to, to build up a 10, to build up a 20, because you, 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 you're obsessed with, with, 
with fine tuning it. Just do mm. it. Just 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 go and do it. Um, and I think, uh, I guess it's a bit of a, you know, we we could make parallels with 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 football here of 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 using the the, the young players. And I think that the the only way you're going to learn is to be put to the test. Mm. So it's silly trying to. I guess the com- the comedy equivalent would be being given three minutes of playing time in extra time. Yeah. You know, every every time. Like, you're never going to learn what it takes to be a Premier League football by getting three minutes at a time every now and then. Um, whereas I, I guess, went and played the full <laughs> 90 minutes. <laughs> That's Wembley. your debut, yeah. Debut yeah. In, a, in, a, in a cup final. Um, yeah, yeah. But that is, it's an interesting point you make there, though, because that was what I was going to ask, which was, you know, when you start out, you're always told stage time, stage time, stage time. Yeah. And it can take some early open micers to get an hour's worth. You know, yeah. it can literally take however many gigs, 10, 20 gigs to get that much you yeah. get in an hour. So in, in that sense, do you think going in with that that hour, did that make you feel more relaxed on stage, do you think, before you started doing other gigs? Because that's a whole hour to sort of settle in. I think in. so. I think so. And I think when you're on stage, like literally on, on stage with the mic in your hand and you're aware that you've got 59 minutes more to go, you're less overthinking each tiny detail. Mm. Whereas if you're thinking, right, I've got five minutes, this next joke, I've got to say it like that. You don't, you can't think like that for an hour. So it's, you you just crack on. Like you don't, you don't overthink all the tiny bits because yeah. there's too many. It's one big, massive set. So, and I think, yeah, I think that was definitely, um, for me, the better, the better way in, I suppose, of, of trimming the fat you know, going in with something and then over time being like, right, I can probably cut that bit or mm. like I don't need to spend as long as on, on, on this bit or there's a better, you know, uh, topper for the end of that joke um, rather than going in with nothing and trying to build on it because then you get those awful sets where like, yeah, they've got a laugh and then you can tell the comedian's been like, oh, that got a laugh. I'm going to do another seven minutes on that one joke. You're like, <laughs> no, move on, move on. Like, keep keep it moving, keep it moving. So um, it's, it's different for everyone as well, though. Like, I think some people do really well. They will, I mean, I've, I've previewed with comedians who turn up with a notebook and it's written out in long form, like a blooming diary. And I'm like, how are you, how are you reading that? And that's, that's their show and they'll stick mm. to it. And they'll, you know, write little notes of like, you know, just tick that that one didn't go right. That, you know, and, and it's on sentences, full on sentences. The the jokes are written out. Whereas I think I'll I'll turn up to do an hour preview, and on the paper we'll just be like maybe eight words. Really? I'll say like yeah, I'll say like train, wow. and I'll know that that that's like ten minutes on how I got the train in. Brilliant. And it's, and it's an anecdote about this. Do you know what I mean? Because I also think. There's no way of sound of saying this without sounding like an absolute knobhead um, <laughs> who thinks they're really, really naturally funny. But you've got to give yourself, you've got to trust, you've got to trust that the reason you're doing this is because there is an there is there's an element of you being naturally funny somewhere. Mm. And let me be clear, I'm not saying go into a gig and just trust you'll be naturally funny. <laughs> that is how everybody dies on their ass. But if you've if you've filled out your notepad with written down jokes, you're not giving yourself any room to be just present in the room and mm. and make a little observation about like, I don't know if a massive fuck off 
bumblebee starts coming round here, you're not going to just soldier on with the joke that's written down, are you? You're going to talk about that if, if somebody somebody streaks through the through the uh, venue, or if somebody drops a glass, everyone's going to go away, and you need to be able to deal with that and not just soldier yeah. on about your joke with, about trains. You've got to <laughs> you've got to like be able to to adapt. So well, I don't think it makes you sound like a knobhead at all. And I do think you're naturally funny, very funny. And I, I'm so jealous of that fact <laughs> that you can have eight words and do an hour preview from it. I am very much one of these people who has to, I am quite particular with the wording yeah, of a joke. Yeah. And, I, and I'm annoyed that I am. And but I mean, I, saying that, I, I have 100% got to 40 minutes before and then been like, <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've said everything I've, I've, I came here to say. Uh, and then just had to do 20 minutes of crowd work. <laughs> but you're able to do that. And that's that's amazing that you can literally get to 40 minutes and go, right, guys, I've done this now. Let's have a yeah. chat. I think that's brilliant. I think that's like so good to do. But um, And yeah. often like some, it'll be like, when I think of what makes it into a show, an Edinburgh show, so many times when like you're touring that show and, you know, like somebody will go, oh, where did that joke come from? Like, how mm. did you think... And it'd be like, honestly, it came spontaneously from a bumblebee coming on stage in the thing. Or like, it was just something, whereas the stuff that you've written down nine times out of 10 will be like, be all right. It'll be a titter, mm. but you, you've got to trust yourself that you can still be present in there, especially with things like Edinburgh. When you're in the same room every day, there's nothing worse when you go and watch someone and you can tell that this is the... 33rd time that they've said these words yeah. in this order over if, and over. It starts to sound like a sermon. Well, I, I suppose, do you see the comparison with you doing um, drama and obviously plays at, at uni? Can you yeah. see the difference sometimes between, between someone in the moment doing yeah. stand-up and someone doing a one-man play? Yeah, 100%. I think that's why that's why I like that freedom element of it, is that like with with drama, you, you're, you're, with acting, you're... Your job is to read what's written down in that script. And the only sort of freedom you have is how you say it, but not what you say. Mm. Whereas that's that's what comedy is all about. You have total control on both what you say and how you say it, when you say it. You don't have to do it in that order that night. You can turn up to the Nottingham Glee and do this bit there and that bit there. It, it's, it's, all, it, it's, it's all your choice. Mm. And so you've... That's an amazing thing to have that choice. So have fun with it. Don't yeah. see it as something of like, oh god, I've got to, I've got to regiment it. I've got to make sure it's the. No, have fun with it because they can soon tell if you're not having fun with it. Mm. Um, and there's nothing. Again, this is going to sound really wanky and, and quite <laughs> melty, but there's nothing nicer than when you're watching somebody you can tell is having a right good time yeah um and i think it, it always shows when you go and see a touring comedian if they are very clearly just being like get me back into that travel lodge so i can FaceTime <laughs> my wife or if they're like i can't believe i'm here tonight this is great thank you so much for coming out and spending your money to see me you know yeah. it's it, i think it, it's really really readable so no definitely um, and yeah. and um i was gonna say as well i think your point about how people have become so regimented, especially in the early days of stand-up. Like I said, so I had a similar thing to you where I'm, I'm living in, uh, in Swindon and there's nothing here. You know, right. there's a reason Mark Lamar and Ivo Graham left, put it that way, you know, and they don't gig here very much. Um, and yeah, there's not, there's not, there's, 
nothing here at all. There's no open mic night, like that. So I do yeah. all my sort of stuff in Bristol mainly, which yes. is a great place to do stand up. I, yeah, I absolutely brilliant. love it. It's great for doing for me getting on, you know, pro nights and you know paid gigs and 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 it's the best place I find to try material as well at the open mics and everything. Um, and the thing is, when you sort of gig in the southwest, all the opportunities you get from wherever you are, they're te- they're always ten minutes, always ten yeah. minutes, yeah. and then. Once I got to about sort of 10 to 15 gigs, I said, right, I want to go to London now and do this. And because they're all five minutes. And it's a bit like I was saying earlier, people were shocked to hear that you were already doing 10 minutes. Yeah. And they're like, but you yeah. need to get your night, your, your tight five. You do your tight five and then you do your 10 minutes. You know, how I can you do your 10 without slide. your five? And it's I like, but I found it easier because what I could do maybe in those 10 minutes was find my type five. Yeah. through the time I had and then from that take the best bits of it go right in that those 10 minutes exactly. I got this amount of laughs I can just condense them down there's a five and did you find I that when you that did that whole side of the 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 and it is the open mic as and 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 as you get fed but the the rules the unspoken mm. rules that people and it's people who proper gatekeep comedy yeah being like you need to be on you do, on doing your fives then do your tens then do there's no rules. If mm. you're good, you're good. And it doesn't matter if you're doing 5, 10 or 15 or 20. Um, and just because you've done lots and lots of fives doesn't mean it's a good five and therefore you should get a 10. <laughs> you can watch somebody absolutely storm it with a five and then you can watch someone slug through a 20. Um, but I used to hate that when people, like just even just the way they talked about it, of like, mm. like, it, like there was a route. There's yeah. no route. There's no route. Each gig's different. Each gig will be different about timing-wise. No. And and also, most importantly, like it's such a comedian's perspective to 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 talk about it in the like fives and then the tens and then whatever. It's not about them, it's about the audience. They've come for a nice night. They're yeah. not looking at their watches going, Oh, he's done five minute twenty. They don't care. <laughs> exactly. They don't care. If they're laughing, great. Great. Yeah. You know. Um yeah oh, spot yeah. on and have you uh, i assume like many others you've uh, i know you've done um obviously some television work during lockdown but you must be missing the live shows so much oh. and have you got any plans now things are start as we record this things are looking like they, they there's at least yeah. a, what they call the roadmap of things to get back to normal are you, is there kind of have you got things booked in yeah yeah whether or not they'll happen or not i don't, I don't know it's it's really strange like I'm being booked for stuff and I still see it in my diary, like penciled in. I don't want to let myself like, I've not even booked the trains or anything. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm like, I don't, I don't want to let myself believe it's going to happen. And then have to go through the whole depressing thing of getting a refund and (sighs) and all of that. So it's, we'll see. It's, it's, it's tricky, isn't it? Because the story, like every day the stories are so different so the other day i had an email from um the person who's booking latitude checking oh are you still you still on for performing at latitude and i was like i mean i don't know who's who else is performing normally i go to latitude just for the free ticket i'll be honest um but because of what's going on they haven't announced their full lineup so i'm like i don't even know if i'm gonna want to stick around for the whole weekend because i don't know who else you've got on um (laughs) 
it's limbo again it is limbo again. yeah um, <laughs> it's so, it's uh, it's Leeds united in 2012 yeah, 2010 <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um well hopefully hopefully it all comes back and you don't have to cancel anything i take it you would have lost some like i take it you had stuff sort of over oh, the summer and then stuff well, taken away in, like a lot of people i was in australia when this first kicked off oh right in, uh adelaide for a month and was meant to go straight to melbourne and uh, it was so, it was like getting on the last ship out of Armageddon because. Really? Yeah, yeah. We were meant, we'd done a month in, in Adelaide. We're meant to um, be doing, a, uh, we had like f- four days off and then we're going to go to Melbourne. And it was all like, oh, I think, I think this is actually starting to be a bit more serious than we thought. But we were yeah. like, it's fine, it's fine. And then they pulled the Melbourne Grand Prix. And I mm. remember it because people were in the queue. People like they would they pulled it whilst people were in the queue to get into the Grand Prix. God. And they were turning them away at the ticket office, being like, I understand you've got a ticket, but the event that this ticket is for is no longer existent. Um, and that was when I was like, Oh, this is this is quite real actually. Mm. And like all of the organizers were having these crisis talks. And then we just all got like the heads up from somebody who'd clearly been in the meeting and was like, it's, it's been cancelled, it's not going ahead. And then it was just, you just got all these British acts, well, f- from all over, international acts, mm. trying to get trying to get home on a on a flight. Um, it was really, really stra- strange. Really, really strange. Did um, you find yourself on a plane with like loads of acts? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was so weird. Like everyone was just sort of, there was people taking like, um, we had to like stop over in Doha. Yeah, and there were people being like, "That's not even where I need to go, but it's it's nearer there, so I'll just work right. my way." Like just, basically hitchhiking on planes, <laughs> trying to get home. It was absolutely mad. And even then, I remember like I came home, and um, we had uh, I was recording an episode of QI, and Sandy Toxfig was like. Obviously, there's no audience, which is strange, but I'll just do an announcement at the top to the camera saying, oh, we filmed this during the um, coronavirus pandemic back in March, so that's why there's no audience. And it went out maybe like September or something, just gone. And obviously, that was when we were like right in the midst. Like, oh, of course, it was, it was, it was, it was long term. And then I actually filmed it two days ago again a year on from the exact same really? time last time. No audience, the exact same thing. It was just normal now, you know. Makeup artists are not allowed to touch you. Yeah. Just um just really strange that it's become normal now. And I can remember sitting in makeup this time last year for it and us all being like, Do you think it's as serious as Yeah. As and and people were going, Oh yeah, no, I think I, th- I think it's going to get really, really bad. I think it's going to get really, really bad. And I, I remember just being like, fuck, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people are quite worried about this. And now obviously we know what we know. And it's yeah. really rough. Yeah. But um, hopefully, as I said, it must be strange for you doing like an episode of QI, obviously being aware of what QI is and how it, how it, how it all plays out, but they're not being an audience there and it not feeling kind of normal. It's so weird. It's so weird because like I've done a couple of other things in, this weird era like mock the week they get a zoom audience in Mm. and you can see them all and it's not the same but it's it's fine but mock the week is quite fast paced and joking all the time qi often is just facts and so (laughs) it kind of felt like i'd gone round for dinner (laughs) i was on with like i was on with lee mac um alan davis obviously sandy 
and Joe Brand. So it just felt like I was out for dinner with like a, a few people, like people older than me, you know, not being rude, but as in like I was out for dinner with my mate's parents and we were all just sharing quite geeky facts about each other and and would make funny observations as is our job. But it was really just each other that we had to to bounce off. So it was really it was really strange. It did feel like a dream. You know, like you can imagine waking up from a dream being like, oh my God, I had a, I had a dream I went for a curry with Joe Brand and I was just reeling off facts to her and she was having to humour me. Do you know what I mean? It was basically that. That's my job now. How sad is that? Oh, brilliant. Oh, brilliant. Well, let's have, let's have, a, let's have another Leeds fact. Yes. Uh, yes that's, that's brilliant. I love that. Emergency Leeds fact. Uh, Leeds' most capped player of all time is Lucas uh, Radaby. I think it's Radaby? Radaby? Yeah. Who has played 61 times for South Africa. And the Kaiser Chiefs band named themselves after the football team because he used to play for them. Absolutely. Yes. There yeah, you go. you've nicked one of my facts. Though, Is that one of your facts there? Well, he's in my uh, he's in my fantasy football um, that you asked me to prepare. Yes. So uh, that was going to be my little my little fact about Kaiser Chiefs with a Z. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what then. That that's a great time to then that's let's start with your with your five side team of cult like right. heroes from Leeds United. Who's okay. in there? Okay, so uh, Lucas Radaby is centre back. Yeah. Um, uh, if you could pretend that I've just come out with that killer fact <laughs> about the Kaiser Chiefs and be like, "Maisie is so knowledgeable." Joe Brand didn't appreciate it. Uh, then <laughs> I think, right? I, obviously, you've got to pick someone. You've got to pick someone for your keeper, and I've. Um, I think I've, I think I might have picked him on the last podcast about about Leeds, but. I'm going to edit it slightly. Okay. So my, my choice is Paul Robinson because he was safe hands growing up, right? Um, Paul Robinson in goal. However, I'm going to give him Ilian Melia's hands. Hey, <laughs> okay. that's that's interesting. I I adore Ilian Melia. I think he's so talented and a a, a huge talent considering his age. However, I will say it, I will say it, and I'll I will die on this hill, but I have never trusted a keeper so much with his hands and so little with his feet. Right? I don't know what it is about Ilya Melia, but he is determined to just take his time with the ball at his feet, dribble it out wait for a striker to hound him down mm. and then uh not with any sense of calmness or cool-headedness panics and not boots it to the other end of the pitch where it's safe <laughs> but instead sort of <laughs> uh not even passes it just sort of taps it with the inside of his foot <laughs> out to uh to one of his defenders with no real conviction that means Every Leeds fan across the country, their bumhole goes like a 50p coin all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, 
And it's it's terrifying. It's terrifying. I I I want him to stop it. I want him to just pick the ball up and throw it out like a normal person. Um, I want him to be better with his goal kicks, get it down the other end, stop playing it short, basically. Um, aside from that, I think he's one of the biggest talents Leeds United's had in goal for a long, long time. So it's only that reason that I'm not putting him in goal for this cult team. And Paul Robinson has got it on experience. Um, but I think, I actually think Melia is the better keeper right. with, his ha- with his hands, but I just don't trust Melia's feet. So my answer is Paul Robinson with Melia's hands <laughs> Brilliant. or Melia with Paul Robinson's feet. Love it. Um, that's that's my keeper. We'll allow that hybrid. That's fine. Thank you. Thank you. That's my keeper. Uh, then we've got Lucas Radaby as centre-back. Yeah. Up front, up front, uh, I've got the dynamic duo here. Two Leeds legends, um, Mark Viduka, obviously. Mm. Yeah. Uh, first name I had on the back of my shirt, Mark Viduka. Brilliant. Uh, and Jimmy Floyd Hesselbank. Uh, I think that's a force to be reckoned with. Um, however, I'm very aware that there's... Um, I, I mean, this is the most lead selection ever because I've completely neglected the defence. Um, and we've got an abundance of options for a striker. The midfield's pretty solid. We've got a a, a legend in Radaby. Mm maintaining the midfield area uh and then the defense that's that's Leeds isn't it we mm. we 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 scurry around trying to um but it feels often like you're covering up a leak with gaffer tape with the right. defense of Leeds doesn't yeah. it <laughs> uh, and so there was a lot of uh, of options I was trying to think for ages of like you know Danny Pugh and Fraser Richardson and I've I've fallen on a local legend, somebody who I'd see around town Brilliant. growing up, uh, Danny Mills. Danny Mills. Danny Mills. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's he's in my defence. I'm not 100% happy about it, but it's um, – I can't say best of a bad bunch, but it's – it's it's not as fruitful pickings, shall we say, right. as what I had for the front of the field. Um, so yeah, we've got the Paul Robinson Ilya Meliot centaur uh, <laughs> sort of hybrid in goal. Danny Mills, Lucas Radaby, uh, and then oh, I've got that's six then, isn't it? Well, we know we got we got the hybrid oh, no, Lucas no, no. Radaby. Yes. Lucas Radaby, uh, and then Viduka and uh, Jimmy Floyd Hesselbank. There we go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was like, for a minute there, you realised that your brain just didn't allow the hybrid for a minute. Just didn't. You allow were like, you're like, I just cannot accept this this <laughs> creation of this super keeper, this super leads keeper. But we're allowing it. You're allowed. That's a new rule. You're allowed hybrids in this question now, especially I do, to that I do to that detail. Think Ilya Melier will be a like legend of goalkeeping on an international scale. I do think that. Um, cool. So, thank you very much. That's the that's the the five aside team for Maisie Adam of iconic slash cult like Leeds players, including a hybrid, which I absolutely love. Um, let's finish on one more uh, Leeds emergency fact. Uh, I think you might know this one because it's quite recent. Right. 
uh, in the summer of 2015, Academy Award winner Russell Crowe made inquiries into buying Leeds United, the team he supported since he was a child. The Gladiator star eventually backed out, citing it would cause time away from his family. <laughs> I like that that's the reason he backed out. Like He didn't yeah. clock that that would be a thing when he initially <laughs> made his inquiries. He was like... Yeah, I can, I can, uh, I can buy Leeds United and just do it from Australia. That's fine. <laughs> um, no, and of course, the voice of Take Us Home. Mm, yeah, he is. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I didn't even that didn't even register with me. But yeah, yeah. there we yeah. go. So he could have been the owner. Imagine him and Be- who would win in a fight between Russell Crowe's Gladiator and Bielsa. Ah, <laughs> uh, I think Bielsa with the mind games. <laughs> That'd just be like you'd have the like. like Maximus, whatever his name is, the gladiator, going round, like brandishing his sword and all of this. And then Bielsa, he just stride up and down a few times and then stare at him, sat on a bucket. And the gladiator would be like, nah, I'm out, I'm out. (laughs) Brilliant. Well, Maisie, thanks so much for coming on Comedians Talking About Football. Thank you for having me. It's been really good fun. But I've got you a, a lead shirt that you may or may oh. can't even see it. Hang on a minute. Oh, yeah, okay, you can. Oh, you can. is that the Enterprise Insurance one? There we go. Is it coming yes. through? There we go. Now, there's a special reason I've selected this shirt to send you. It's because okay. it's from the season where you were you were managed by the eighth wonder of the world, Brian McDermott. He did nothing for Leeds, but he was a Reading legend. Uh as it says on the side of our, as it says on the side of our stadium, on the eighth day, God created Brian, um, and so we. I'll send that over to you just so you can wear it and just remember all those great days in purgatory with Brian Thanks McDermott so and players Thanks like so much. Jimmy Kebbe. It's got to the point where, like, my uncle, who's a massive Leeds fan, he um, he's he loves this game where whenever we're out, we're out. He he tries to find a lookalike, like a celebrity lookalike. Yeah. And to be honest, any ball bloke with a set of glasses on, <laughs> you will just hear my Uncle Richard from the other side of the bar going, oh, Brian McDermott. Uh, and uh, it's it's really hard to like a guy after somebody's pointed out his likeness to to Brian McDermott. So uh, thanks for that. There we go. That, that's, that works the opposite of Reading. If any bald glasses, man, we think they should get into the club for free. Free tickets yes. for Thanks again to Maisie. Absolutely loved that chat. Absolutely loved it. Do catch Maisie in the clubs as and when you can. She's a brilliant act. You can also follow her on social media. It's at Maisie Adam on Instagram and Twitter. Nice and easy that. Uh, And that's M-A-I-S-I-E. Speaking of the same handle for both, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ComTalkFootyPod. That's at ComTalkFootyPod for both Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoyed the podcast and you're new, welcome. Thanks for listening. Uh, If you're a regular, you remain welcome. Don't worry. And thanks for listening as ever. We have a load of other episodes for you to enjoy with comedians such as Nathan Caton, David Alfie Ward, Jacob Hawley and many others. And as ever, your listens, subscriptions and reviews are hugely appreciated. Until next time, when my guest will be Andrew White talking about Bournemouth. Take care. It's a funny old game. Comedians talking about football. Comedians talking about football. Comedians talking about football. 
Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.